Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another one-on-one podcast. And this one's actually coming to you from Think Summit, which is Movable Inc.'s second annual client summit. And with me, I have Movable Inc. CEO and co-founder Vivek Sharma. Welcome. Great to be here, Kim. And uh, we've caught up occasionally in different conferences throughout the country. And I think the last time I saw you was at the Experian Marketing Services show. Right. And uh, great to host you today in our second client summit, Think Summit 2017. And uh, the experience, the event has just gotten bigger. We have 300 marketers today representing over 190 of the most forward-thinking and leading brands. Right. I'm, I've already uh, witnessed a couple of uh, great presentations this morning, one from Walgreens talking about the, their experience with Moveablink. Mm-hmm. I guess before we go any further, I, I do have some new stuff to dive into. For anyone who hasn't read our previous coverage of Moveablink, haven't come across you, there must be be some people haven't come across you. Just explain what you do, because it's about email marketing, and people are familiar with clever things like the countdown clock and so on, but your approach to to dynamic email Mm -hmm. goes much further than that. So just give us a bit of background. Sure. Uh, So put very simply, Movable Inc. allows marketers to deliver jaw-dropping experiences. And we do that by activating content with any data that you have, uh, to generate a real-time experience at the moment of open. And this is an email experience. And um, you know, I, I think in the early days, it's easy for people to get confused and say, hey, I saw that countdown clock, or I saw this map that kind of moves around. And I think we did command a lot of attention in the early days because we were doing something that had not been done in email before, which was um, being able to render content at the moment of open. And you know, some of those bells and whistles on the yeah. countdown clock get the attention but where the substance lies is, uh, and we've definitely found this and felt this more deeply in the last 18 months, is in all of the data that a business is already collecting and building these 360-degree profiles of their customers. So bringing demographic data to bear, uh, bringing CRM information in, uh, us being able to provide behavioral information from their own website, us being able to provide contextual data points at the moment of open. and. Um, an exciting thing, especially this last 18 months, has been all of the APIs that have been built uh, and traditionally have been used more for segmentation and targeting. Finally, we're taking those APIs and actually generating content, using it to drive creative, which has never been done before. And that's an exciting new frontier for all of these marketers. That is remarkable. Just to underline it, everyone's familiar with a kind of static approach to personalization, where if Kim bought a pair of shoes last week, we'll show him a a pair of socks which, which match or mm-hmm. something like that. But you're actually talking about the email content which I see when I open the email will depend not just my past behavior, but when I open it, where I am when I open it, all kinds of contextual information. Yes. Yeah, I, I think the term, um, it's funny how certain terms get co-opted by some companies and mm-hmm. the industry starts talking about it in that way. So personalization is one of those terms that for years, uh, the recommendation engines uh, who were doing a great job with what they did, uh, you've got companies like Sertona and Rich Relevance and MyBuys, uh, which is part of Magnetic now, and they focus primarily on um, understanding which products you have an affinity for, doing some clustering, some machine learning, and trying to find similar products or increase the scope. And we think that's a perfectly valid thing to do in personalization. We think there's something bigger around experience generation, and uh, you know, take examples like Travelocity, who's going to be speaking later today. Right. Uh, Katie White, who's a, a marketing manager at Travelocity, 
she's actually pioneered the idea of bringing real-time flight pricing and availability into their email program. Mm-hmm. And so this is not something that a, a basic recommendation algorithm would be able to accomplish. And if you think about it, this is sort of fundamental around their business model, which is around optimizing yield and showing the right availability and being tailored to that individual consumer. And so we're an enabler of something via API connections that allow you to generate this content and flights and flight prices that are dropping and cancellations and where you're likely to fly out from and to and being able to treat you like an individual and make it completely unique. And so uh, I think this is the thing that we are seeing all of this excitement from marketers and um, our growth has just been tremendous in the last few years for that reason. The funny thing is from the consumer's point of view, this can all be be seamless. You might almost not notice and and so you pause and think, well, this information in email really is targeted at exactly what I want. You open it and it's just there. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, similar to a great digital assistant or something like that, uh, where it sort of anticipates your needs, knows what's on your mind, is there to be an assistant to find you things that are relevant. Because um, that traditional approach of email marketing where it's kind of like you're shoving uh, flyers into someone's mailbox, you know, that kind of approach just doesn't work anymore. And consumers are more demanding. They're more selective. Uh, their attention's more divided. They're on different devices. You know, my the experience I'd like to have when I open an email on an iPhone when I'm in the subway on the way to work will be different than at my lunch break when I open that up and I've got a little more time to process or if I'm sitting back on a tablet late in the evening. So uh, the marketer has to think about this and thinking think about how to tailor the experience to the individual but they also have to balance that with the workload. Yes. Uh, they're just trying to get emails out the door, and anything that adds more to the process is going to be a non-starter. So how do you create a more personalized experience, but how do, how do you at the same time lessen the marketer's load and make their job much easier via automation? Yeah. Now, you gave a keynote this morning, and I noticed you still felt that you had to at least acknowledge and deal with this notion that floats around that email is a thing of the past. But I think what I heard, not just from you, but from other speakers this morning, is this kind of two completely different aspects of email. There's email as just an ad medium. Shah Van Boskirk of Forrester was talking about that. It doesn't have to be just an ad medium where you just reach a lot of people with a message. It can actually be an immersive experience. In other words, brands have got the idea they need to provide immersive customer experiences on websites, on mobile, finally realizing that you can and should do that with email. So you see a completely fresh development for email in that way? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of parallels to what happened on the web. And so if you think about the web, what was the enabler? It was a protocol, HTTP. And SMTP is the protocol that underlies email. And uh, the web, when in, in its early days, Uh, I I always find it interesting to track the history of a new medium, and it often looks like the thing that came before it until people understand what what is the true capability and the capacity for this medium to be different. And so early web pages looked like newspapers or uh, magazines or books or things of that nature. And it's only 10, 15 years later where you're starting to see these dynamic experiences, web pages are rendered on the fly, you have rich interactivity via JavaScript, And you start to treat it as its own new medium that has new potential that is unrealized. And so similarly with email, the early emails look like uh, direct mail flyers that they're going to, you know, it's a volume game. And as long as I send it to more people, 
maybe I get a little smarter about targeting which people to send this to, but effectively it's a flyer with an offer and a discount that you, that you get in your inbox. And with an innovation like Movable Inc., it's essentially like your your email turns into similar to a web page, almost right. like an application server backing this, and you're able to do very rich things around experience. You're able to bring real-time pricing in. Uh, New York Times, who's also speaking later today, uh, Talis Lynn from New York Times, has pioneered a content-first approach within their email program. Right. So at the moment of open, uh, breaking articles are showing up inside that email. What's trending on social is also showing up. Uh, and articles that are similar to the ones you're interested in. Maybe I'm a big technology reader, and there's other uh, articles such as you know, today's launch of the new iPhone <laughs> right. that would show up in my New York Times email. So it's a completely different way of thinking about this, and this is a business model enabler for companies that couldn't treat email in this way. Right, and the, there is, of course, still a lot of email use out there, so there's, there's the foundation for this and all these new experiences you're now talking about building on top of it. And, and I would say it's not just us. It's not just Movable Inc. Mm -hmm. innovating in uh, email. And eight years ago, you might have figured, hey, the ESPs have it all wrapped up. This is where the innovation's happening. It's the sending and the list management and the infrastructure of deploying emails. Yeah. And then all those emails start to go through a big M&A cycle with Oracle and Salesforce and IBM picking their horse in the race. And yet, Today, when you look around, you see that that is certainly an important component of your email marketing program, yes. but innovation is happening from companies like Movable Inc. around intelligent content, around companies like Persado doing uh, subject line optimization, yeah. around companies like Bluecore identifying predictive audiences. And so, um, and as you heard from Shar, there's an 8% growth on email budgets year over year. So uh, I understand that non-marketing reporters sometimes like to like a, write about some of the new medium and they <laughs> yes. want to write about the new shiny new thing yeah. but this workhorse it is a protocol anyone can set up an email server uh, there's so many ways to build on top of email as a foundational level uh, that I see this uh, email as identity live intent is doing some things there right. and identifying people around display ads in a deterministic way uh, so I look at email, and this is what got me excited when I started the company, that there was a lot of, it seemed like there was a lot of uncharted territory here, and people had been fixated on just the message sent. And uh, sure enough, seven years later, we're, we're seeing it play out exactly that way. Okay, well, let's talk about where Movable Inc. Is, is going right now, because I know you have some announcements today. You have a very important personnel announcement. You have some product updates. So. Any of that you can touch on for us? Sure thing. So uh, you're getting a sneak preview of this, and uh, you know, perhaps by the time the podcast is out, uh, this will be out there. Mm -hmm. But uh, our new intelligent content platform, we started, uh, we announced this about four months ago, and we have completed a transition of all of our customers to Movable Inc.'s platform, and it's a completely new interface. Uh, there's a studio interface which makes it as simple to use as PowerPoint for any marketer wanting to do sophisticated things and uh, you don't need to understand HTML or CSS or how to code. Right. And that coupled with data sources, being able to plug in any API, makes it a very powerful tool to generate these experiences. Uh, so big product announcements on that front. Uh, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, our international expansion is right. going really swimmingly well. We have people in Japan now, in Sydney, Australia. Uh, just in the last couple of weeks, we've had two new accounts uh, come in in Japan, in Tokyo. 
So, um, and we've got a team in Argentina and a small number of people we're hiring in Costa Rica. So Moveblink has really turned into a global business today with 170 employees mm -hmm. around the world. And we've moved to new offices in every single, uh, every single location. So New York, San Francisco, and London. And uh, lastly, uh, in terms of personnel announcements, uh, we are announcing today that uh, Bridget Bidlack, who was most recently uh, SVP of product at Cheetah Digital mm -hmm. uh, global, and SVP of global products at Experian Marketing Services right, right before that, uh, was formerly at Rocket Fuel, X Plus One, and Microsoft, just a seasoned executive, a product executive, is joining Movable Inc. and uh, helping us push forward on a number of new product initiatives. So uh, I kind of got a little past our product team, and there's just so much happening in the company, and each of these four or five product lines uh, combine and uh, I sometimes describe it as a multi-dimensional product that we're starting to build, and Bridge is going to be spearheading that. And there's a lot. Look for a lot of exciting things, product announcements from us in the next 12 to 18 months. Okay, well, we'll certainly be keeping up with that. And what strikes me is obviously these are exciting times to move Blink, but they really, they really seem to me to be indicators of this being an exciting time for the space for email mm -hmm. marketing generally. We're going to be talking about this a lot more going down the road, aren't we? Uh, that's right. And I, I think we're, when I look at our product roadmap, I feel like we're in the second inning of what this company is setting out to do. And it's interesting for me to see the landscape, the marketing tech landscape. And there are lots of companies, but if you look at a, a number of those there's acquisitions. There's 5,000. There's 5,000. <laughs> but uh, the ones that are kind of cutting through the noise yeah. and starting to do bigger things and are operating at a different scale. Um, it gets to be far fewer, and if you look yes. at all the acquisitions that happened a couple of years ago, uh, Exact Target was a two point five two point five billion dollar acquisition by Salesforce. I believe responses might have been a one point seven billion dollar acquisition by uh, Oracle, and so and, and you look at the biggest Salesforce automation company, and they are um, tens of billions dollar tens of billions in uh, in market cap, right. and so it seems to me that marketing is a much bigger opportunity than Salesforce automation. And uh, we really haven't realized the ceiling of that potential. And the, a company is in existence today uh, in New York or San Francisco or perhaps Boston that is going to cross a billion dollars in revenue in the next five or six years. Yes. And uh, especially as we're approaching this world where new innovations, you know, we're fragmented, there's different devices, uh, augmented reality is going to become a real thing, virtual reality. There's so many different ways that your customers and your consumers want to interact with businesses, and this creates a tremendous opportunity for companies that are willing to serve those marketers and help them realize this opportunity. Yeah, it's a fascinating journey, and I look forward to running into you again in the future at various stops along the way. So thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Great to be here, Kim. And everyone look out for the next one-on-one -on -one podcast. <laughs>